When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Ryan, how are you? I'm good. Man, it's been a whirlwind of shit, hasn't it? Considering, yeah. I mean, gosh, you went off to Ireland to a wedding. Everybody, did. Everybody got COVID. You didn't get it. Except for me, somehow. I went to Palm Springs. I went all over the world, and then I went to Palm Springs. I got COVID. Jesus. And now I'm uh, recovered. It's, uh, it's a lot. Yeah. It was a lot. And now Blanche is coming to the room here. My dog, mm. Blanche, if you guys don't know Blanche. Hey, Blanche. Uh, great episode today looking very forward to it uh just a few things to remind you about um my new show talkville uh a rewatch podcast with my co-star tom welling is every wednesday you could watch it or listen to it on wherever you find your podcast ryan yep is has some major involvement in this i am i'm watching smallville for the first time and uh yeah, I got, it's an a outside, good time. I got an outsider's perspective on it. Yeah, I love that Blanche joined us. This is a real treat. Why not have her in here? If you're watching, you can see Blanche. Uh, also, if you want to join Patreon, the top tier patrons, uh, or just Patreon in general to support the podcast, give a little extra th- to the podcast. It means the world. Go to patreon.com slash inside of you. I will write you a message after. Uh, it really helps you guys do so much for the podcast. And I'll read the top tier uh, patrons uh, names out at the end of the podcast. So stay tuned. Also, you can go to the Inside of You online store and get great merch, uh, autographed Smallville stuff, and much, much more. You might want to do that. There's some stuff that's only going to be there for a limited time. Little zip-up jackets, Ryan. Little, Little zip-up jackets? Zip-up jackets and, and much more. Also, follow us um, uh, on on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Ryan? At Inside of You Pod on Twitter, at Inside of You Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. I will be in Raleigh, North Carolina with Tom Welling, July 30th and 31st. Doing the Smallville Nights on July 29th. Uh, if you in, you're in the area near Raleigh, uh, I would suggest you get tickets because it's going to be a lot of fun. Everybody who comes to Smallville Nights has a blast. Um, and then I'll be in Boston August 12th, I believe. So get your tickets to some cons and come see me. I'm also on that cameo thing. But today's guest is, uh, you know, legend. Yeah. He's a legend. He's on yeah. on the show The Peacemaker. Mm-hmm. James Gunn's The Peacemaker. He was in T2, Terminator 2. All-time villain, movie history. Oh, yeah. I mean, this guy's been around. We had a, a blast talking. I was a little intimidated by him. Yeah, he's got an intimidating presence. But we hit it off, and it, it felt good. And um, I think you're going to really love this. It's a really good episode. I ha- I'm saying this because I, I know it. I remember this conversation well. And uh, so without further ado... Let's get inside of Robert Patrick. It's my point of view. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. It's in. I feel like I need more support on this couch. Is that true? No disrespect. Do you? It's a little saggy. Is it all saggy? That's all right. No, 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 no. I got, I got, I got. That's why I put the pillow under me. It's a little too Bob Saget. It's a little too. 
This is the way I like to start off all my podcasts yeah. with an insult to the to the host to the host. Uh, by the way, the most. I just t- by the way, greetings from Steve Ag. I love Ag. Ag he loves you. Uh, I love Steve. Uh, he's just one, a one of the best. Sweet, sweet. One of the most unique individuals I've ever met in show business. He's one of those guys. Are you going to be here the whole time, kid? I am. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Keep quiet. <laughs> You know what's funny is you. I looked it up, and you're not very old. You're not old. You, I'm 63. That's not old. That's fucking old. Dude. Do you feel old? Sometimes. What is it that makes you feel old? Body. From all the work you did, like what did you do? A lot of stunts and shit. Growing uh, up? Body, yeah, body is, and and my body is relatively healthy compared to a lot of people I know that uh, and and endured uh, uh, quite a few more. Uh, uh, mishaps than i did or injuries that right. i have uh so i feel on one hand uh like i uh survived pretty much unscathed without anything serious happened to me no bad knee no bad hip no oh. bad this no bad nothing but it's aches and pains it's it's just aches and pains you're talking to mr ache and pain i've had eight spine surgeries see so neck back playing sports my whole life early on doing my own stunts thinking oh i could do this ice hockey you uh, know a, wrestle that, a little football baseball tennis all that stuff yeah ice hockey's uh is a is a is a high impact uh sport yeah so i'm sure you get a lot of injuries that way yeah i i i i think it's just aches and pains do you, what do you do? Do you take Tylenol for it? Do you stretch in the morning? What take do you do? way too many Advils. Uh, I'm also on Relief Factor, which is a. Uh, uh, What's that? It's a, it's a it's a it's a it's a product that uh, has a lot of turmeric in it. You have to look it up. You left handed. I'm, I'm doing yeah. That's good. Are you too? Yeah. Sweet. I just wrote Rel- down Relief Factor. Relief Factor. It's got a lot of turmeric in it. You take it like three days. A, uh, I'm a, I, I'm a sucker for all those kind of supplements. Me too. As a matter of fact, my wife just looks at my uh, my uh, supplement drawer and just goes, "Jesus Christ." Do you use them? Do you try yeah, them? I, I anything. Does anything help? Uh, I do feel great right now. You I mean, do. I was a little bit out of breath coming up your stairs. <laughs> That's a lack of cardio and a serious uh, 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 smoking uh, cigar smoking habit. Oh yeah. Uh, By the way, James Gunn. I just asked him. I texted him, and he said, "I, love I said, him. what can I ask him?" He said, "Ask him how he enjoyed the cigars I gave him." Well, let me tell you what he gave me a box on the last day of shooting of Partagas Series D number fours, and he had What's told that? me those are like- uh, those are the Cuban cigars that he smokes. Those are his cigars. Are they illegal in the states? Nothing's illegal in the United States. Oh, come okay. On. All right. Good, good. You know. Come on. <laughs> uh everything's legal here uh james gave me a box uh we were we were in canada so i don't know what the laws were in canada uh and they were fabulous we were talking cigars i used to show up on the set with a cigar sometimes when i'm you know uh uh, performing uh uh, you you show up to work uh, i've always had a nicotine habit uh either cigarettes or chewing tobacco and uh um it's i it coexists with my uh, my my world as a performer so i like to chew on cigars if i don't necessarily smoke them right so he would see me doing that but you don't smoke now. cigarettes anymore you don't chew tobacco anymore or is it on occasion eh, it depends i mean i could <laughs> i mean i could just fall off the fucking wagon you could have a dart could, right I now i could go right now and go have you one. can go outside and have it. A, you could do it yeah. you, you see so you don't lose that craving I have not. I mean, I've. I don't really seriously have a, a desire to smoke cigarettes. 
anymore. Yeah. I can I can feel the rattling around going on in there, and I'm not too crazy about it. Right. My father died of lung cancer. Uh, you know, my fate is sort of I think uh, preordained. Uh, <laughs> you know, how old was he? He was eighty. All right, eighty. So a good I got life. seventeen years. You know, based on his clock. Jesus. <laughs> um, who knows? Uh, well, see, he was a big smoker. He was. He quit. Uh, you know, I was thinking about my dad recently because he, he has passed away and uh, it's Mother's Day and I'm thinking about uh, Mother's Day's coming up and I'm thinking about my mom. She was 20 when she had me. She was 20? 20 years My mom old. was 23 and my dad was 19 when they had me. Oh my God. Where yeah. are you from again? I grew up in Indiana, but I was from, I'm from New York, but I grew up in a small town in Indiana. So we, you grew you, up in Georgia. Well, George, you were all over the place. I was Michigan, all over the place, Ohio. I was all over the place, Mike. Right. Yeah. Atlanta, Boston, Dayton, Detroit, Cleveland. When people ask me where I'm from. That's what I say. Atlanta, Boston, Dayton, Detroit, Cleveland. Jesus. Was uh, that hard growing up as a kid yeah, moving around yeah. like that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How so? Well, you you really have to kind of look at it from uh, where it was in history. I mean, I was born in 58 in the Deep South. I was raised in the Deep South wow. in the 60s. My father was a New Englander. He was a college graduate. My mother was a cracker. <laughs> Okay, she right. was a, 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 a white girl raised in Marietta, Georgia, got through high school, went to work at Lockheed Aircraft Corporation at 19. My dad fell in love with her, love at first sight. In three weeks, they were married. Three weeks. They got married at 19. And he was like her knight in shining armor. So he was her first love. Uh, she had had some other boyfriends, I think, in high school. Oh. My mother was a looker, so... <laughs> she had uh, she had her share of guys that were after you know and uh, right. but I think my dad just swept her off her feet. He was a college, he was a sophisticated college educated guy. I believe he was like I'm going to say he was probably about twenty when you graduate college. You're like 24, 22, 23, 23, 24, 23. somewhere. Well, around. I was twenty three, twenty four. And I, I, you know, I was thinking about it because I was seeing a picture of my father who he was sitting in front of he's sitting in front of a uh, Ford. I believe it was called a Sunliner. That sounds oh, familiar. Like a 56 or 57, black and white. He has on a suit. He's smoking a cigar. He's got his glasses on. He looks cool as shit. Probably the coolest he's ever looked in his life. And he sits standing in front of me, and he had to sell that car when my, my mother got pregnant, and they had me. And I'm, you know, with everything that's going on right now in our society with all this stuff, yeah, it just really made me think about, man, I'm lucky to be here. Yeah. You know? Thank you, Mom. Right? Thank is, you. is Mom thank, with you? Thank you for having me. Is you Mom still saying? with you? you? You probably had a choice. <laughs> My dad said, oh, I got to sell the car to have this kid. I, uh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Thank you. Is your mom still with you? She is. She's, How old is she? Uh, she's, she's 83. She's exactly 20 years older than me. Wow. Is she, is she uh, you guys still close? Very much so. You talk to her how often? Every freaking day. Really about it's a treasure. About anything, anything. How are you? What's going on? What are you doing? She's interested in your life. Always has been. Always been supportive. Always supportive. I think part of the reason why I became an actor was for her. Really? I think she wanted to be an actress. She was pretty enough, and she fancied herself as a like a model. You know, I, I got to see a picture a, now. Well, I'll show you. Do I have a phone? Did I bring my phone? I don't know. I don't it know. It might either. be in your car. It, no, here. It might it be is. in your fancy car that you drive. Oh, come on. That it's was just, a fancy, loud car. I was like, what the hell's outside? It's just that a, engine roaring out there. That's just a Dodge Hellcat. It's a Dodge 707 Hellcat. horsepower. You got to dip it down into your <laughs> Detroit voice. 
A Dodge, what is it? Dodge Hellcat. The old Dodge Hellcat. 707 horsepower. 707, pure. a pure muscle. Detroit muscle. <laughs> Michael, I love you already, buddy. So I'm, when's part two? When do I come back and do part two? Yeah, exactly. Two? That's it, man. We're done. But James gave me, going back to James, see how yeah. I, don't, I don't lose that. You're James good, I gave, do. gave me that cigar, and I, I smoked them. I enjoyed them. They were the best cigars, and now I'm addicted to Partagas Series D, but they're a little pricier for... He's in a different uh, economic... Uh, category. Category yeah. than myself. Yeah. I still got a boy in college, and, uh, you know, so... We I knew James when he wasn't in such a category. He was, he was, you know, he was just... He was fighting. He was doing all right, but he wasn't I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy guy, well, Peacemaker he, guy. Yeah, he, uh, he became that guy. Oh, he worked hard. His story is fascinating. Yeah. All the brothers uh, and the sister he yeah. has, and growing up in St. Louis. And by I, the way, he wants to know if you're going to the wedding. I am. Are you? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going. Oh yeah. You're gonna go. Oh yeah. You're gonna go in Aspen. Yeah. Why not? Let's Come on. do it. Ryan. My wife wants to do it. I want to do it. I love Jen. I think she's great. Jen is. I awesome. love James. I don't know James as well as you. I've just worked for him. He loves um, you though. He I, loves you. It's you know why what? does he love you? Why do people like you so much? Because. I mean, you know, I read somewhere it's like Jason Bateman says you're one of the one of the heavies of the acting world. You're like people are always talking highly about. Ah, uh, she's a beauty. Look at her, Ryan. Look at the picture of his mom. She's 19. She was. Oh man, she's a beauty, right? Let me see that picture. I could put. It's like she's 16 or 17 there. Or what a smile. She's just a sweetheart. I think that's like in high school. I don't know how old she is there, but I saw that and I went like. You know, God bless her. I mean, you know, I mean, you think about your parents and you think about how they grew up when they grow up when they're, you're growing up. Yeah. They're, they're, it's, it's a simultaneous thing. It's, yeah. um, I, James and I were trying to figure out where we met to do when we were when, when we were doing Peacemaker. He alluded to the fact that possibly I had read for him for Slithers. Slither. Or excuse me, Slither. Slither. I didn't mean plural. Slither. Oh, you read for that for the lead part. I think so. And then and he gave uh, it to Rooker, and he gave it to Rooker because uh, James, in his inevitable way of making you feel good, so he said something offhand like, "I think you were too good looking." Well, you know, it was what was the sweet thing to say. You know what? I think that that would probably hurt Rooker's feelings. It might, <laughs> and I don't want to. I don't want to hurt Rooker's feelings because I love Rooker. I love Rooker. I love. Who doesn't it. love Rooker? I've done two movies with Rooker. What'd you do with Rooker? I did a. I did a great movie. Uh, in Cleveland, Ohio, about a rogue uh, SWAT team force. It was an exploitation film. It's not, you know, it's you know one of those films. Right. And a Rooker is an FBI HRT agent, and I am a SWAT team leader in Cleveland, and I become judge, jury, and executioner for bad guys. Wow. And the whole thing is like a, it's like a, you know, it's a, like a chess chess game of him trying to find out who it is, and we're doing what we're doing, and we're and a big showdown in a big park in downtown Cleveland, Ohio. The exec, the, the producer of it was a, a, a gentleman named Alan Schechter, who was uh, from Joel Silver's uh, so Silver, big action Silver movie. Big, big action, action movie. movie. Oh, and yeah. we patterned it after the North Hollywood uh, shootout at the bank. That was the famous bank shootout that happened in uh, North Hollywood in the 90s. I didn't even know about that. Oh, did you know about that? that? Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. When, when did you get here, man? I, I, I got here in 99. 90, oh, yeah. So, so I this missed was it. like a 92 it. thing. Look it up. Big shootout. So we have this huge shootout in this big park in Cleveland. It was beautiful. 
And, uh, and Michael eventually gets me and then he eventually becomes judge, jury and executioner and he kills me. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I don't know how many times I have to talk about this, but it's so important. If you're sitting there right now and you're stressed or you're anxious or you have a lot on your mind and you just bottle it up and you don't know what to do, it's going to come out and it's not going to come out in great ways all the time. Um, BetterHelp has helped me substantially. Ryan here has been using it for a while. And I, you know, don't you notice when you don't use BetterHelp? When you don't have therapy? Oh, the weeks where I miss a session? Of course, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's 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 like the more you talk about something, even if you don't think you have anything to talk about, things come up and it puts your mind at ease. And we all carry around different stressors, you know, big and small. And at times we keep carrying them around rather than processing them and letting them go. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy from BetterHelp is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's for all of us. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. I think people think, oh, what if I don't like my therapist? If you don't, you switch them. It's that easy. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com inside today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash inside inside of you is brought to you by rocket money i love rocket money you know why because everyone should have rocket money because it just helps you save money how many times do we have subscriptions that we don't even know we have anymore and we're paying so much money it's just throwing away money ryan i i found one you and you did it you told I me i got rocket money okay <laughs> I, I found one it i'm embarrassed to say how long it's been going on but thank you for finding it <laughs> my god it was embarrassing <laughs> yeah because it's like you want to watch some show and you go oh, i have to subscribe to this uh this streaming uh, whatever mm -hmm. and you you start streaming the show you watch it you leave and you forget after this trial period it kicks in and it's they're charging terrible. you 10 bucks a month it's, it is embarrassing Ugh. you know 75 percent of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about before I started using Rocket Money, I thought I had, you know, like, oh, I have like five subscriptions. I could not believe it when they showed me I was paying for like four extra uh, between, you know, streaming advices and fitness apps, delivery services. It's never ending. And thanks to Rocket Money, I'm no longer wasting money on the ones I forgot about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lowering your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with the customer service for you. I like that. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash inside. That's rocketmoney.com slash inside. Rocketmoney.com slash inside. 
you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Macy's, Adidas, Walmart, Nike, Wine.com, Samsung, Lenovo, Sephora, and more. And even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use. And you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers. And Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Do you like, I mean, you play these roles. I mean, these intense roles. You're either heroic or you're this villain or what do you prefer? Because you're a funny guy. Hmm. Do you want to play more comedic roles? Because you have that comedic charm even in, even in Peacemaker. Yeah, well, the James uh, is, is uh, the gateway. I mean, he's the one that kind of unleashed that and gave me the opportunity to kind of have fun with that. And yeah. I'm also getting more confident in myself as a performer that I think I can do more and more things. It's a complex, what you're talking about is very, comp, it's, it's, to me, it's very layered. Um, I think I'm in a unique situation because of the way I came up in the business. I came up as a guy that started with Roger Corman. I could right. do my own stunts, I could fight. I happened to be fairly suitable looking for the camera and I kind of worked <laughs> my way in that way. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I have a street cred and sort of something to back it up. Right. And and that overcame my lack of formal training. You didn't really have that much I training no growing formal, up? No, I came out here. I lived in my car for a couple, couple weeks. Uh, I didn't know anybody. I didn't have an agent. What year is this? 1984. 84, you came out here, you living in your car, you didn't have an agent. And by the way, I hear that you, like I read somewhere, you didn't even want to act when you were younger. Like you didn't really have it. Like well, you yeah, you, you, you've done some great research. Uh, <laughs> dug deep. Um, well, I, my first acting experience, uh, it was my mother. Uh, uh, kind of got me doing like some print ads in Georgia for like Rich's department store. But I was chosen to be Peter Pan and play in third grade. And I was kind of embarrassed about that and the guys. And then there was the question of you got to wear the tights. And I'm oh, like, boy. what the fuck? <laughs> I don't think so. It'll be green corduroys for me. And, uh, <laughs> you know, at third grade, I think that, you know, what, what, what year was it? 67 or something like that? I did, I did Peter Pan. And you know what? I loved it. Really? I mean, I, I as far as I can think back to my mind, uh, what I was thinking at however old I was. Just an excitement. I loved it. I jumped out on stage. Hi, I'm Peter Pan from Never Neverland. You played Peter Pan. I was Peter. It was just a school play. But I think it was enough, Michael, that it 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 kind of made me go acting, right? And you remember when I grew up? Well, you don't remember, but I mean, I grew up in a time when you didn't have this. I know you didn't have I didn't games. Either. I didn't either. I you didn't have any of that shit. Yeah, you had a baseball, you had a football, you had a gun. You had, <laughs> you had go- a gun. Yeah, you. How had old the- were you when you had a gun? BB guns. Oh, okay, a little right. BB gun. You, you you had you had the woods. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. You had a dog. Yep. You had some friends. You had a bike. And you went out and created your fun. That's true. And you acted. We acted like we were in Vietnam. That was my childhood. So 
essentially, I've just figured out a way to professionally prolong my childhood, and now I'm 63 with aches and pains, and you know, I, I, was I it feel was, was it your did your mother go? You know what? You were really good in that. Was she very supportive? What would your dad say at that point? Was he like, no, 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 son of mine's going to be an actor? No, my dad and my mom were more. They were more. They, they are very fear based people. Really? Yeah. Explain they, that. Well, they were born during you know World War II, uh, and they were raised in the post. Uh, Great Depression era. Right. My mother was incredibly poor growing up. Uh, her father abandoned her when she was 11. Wow. And uh, she didn't see him again until she was married uh, and had kids. Uh, my father was a, a, the son of a career soldier. Uh, my grandfather, this tattoo right here, my wow. grandfather was uh, uh, World War I. He ran off and joined, war, he ran off and joined the Army. He came out and he went to school at University of New Hampshire, played football there after the war, and then had a restaurant in Boston and then went off to World War II and it broke out. He enlisted. And then he was in Korea, a Bronze Star, awarded a Bronze Star. And so my father and my mother both were very fear-based. Right. So they're afraid of everything. So they and I know of, you're trying to get inside me right now, they, so I'm going to put up a parameter. <laughs> no, but were they afraid that you were going to, they were fearing that you might fail at this? And this exactly. was too hard exactly. of it. That's what you're getting. Exactly. Right. If you, I, I, I don't want, I don't want to make my parents, well, my dad's dead, but I don't want my parents to really, I don't want my mother to feel bad about this. But, you know, there was. Protecting when, when you. you. When you hear, when you hear these sayings that the. Don't share your goals with people or don't tell people what you plan to do or what you hope to do because your friends and family are be the ones that are going to discourage you the most. That's what I came from. Really? I think that with acting, I think all parents discourage their kids. Absolutely. You know, I, I think there was a part of me, my dad... I was in college. I was doing a play, and I was like, "I want to be an actor." He's like, "Eat your steak." I was at <laughs> I was at Denny's. Eat your steak. He was. He was like, "Come on, shut up." You're going to college here. You're going yeah. to be an actor. What are the odds of you becoming anything in your life? That's, you know, he was alluding to. It's a crapshoot. It's a crapshoot. So it's what, a genuine so, crapshoot. Yeah. So after Peter Pan, but that's why we he, love guys like James Gunn because his his whole career is a crapshoot. I mean, it's the same. Steve Agee, all of us, we're all that guy. We are that guy, however we got there, that we said, you know what? Fuck it. I want to be a movie guy. I want to do TV. I want to act. I want to perform. That's what I want to do. So that's why we all get along when we come to Los Angeles, I think. It's like it's like this bouillabaisse base of all these people that were in the same way. Yeah. They want to pretend and play. Yeah. Well, you said a few minutes ago, you said something that kind of like, I let it go because you were talking, but you said something about how, about your your confidence level. Or right. something oh, about your nerves, oh, about comedic. how you're still, you're still, you know, finding that. And you're still, I look at you, somebody who has total confidence. Now I do. Now you have total confidence. Now I do. With everything. I mean, well, career-wise, with acting. Wise, with, with acting. acting. With acting. Well, you don't, you still, don't get nervous? Still... Oh, fuck yeah, I get nervous. You do? Fuck yeah. I think you're, I think you're, if you don't get nervous, you should be worried. I mean, do you get nervous, oh, Michael? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, um. As confident as I am, right. and and believe you me, acting is a relaxation and confidence game. That's what it is. You have got to relax. You have got to be confident. And then that means when the nerves pop up, you've got to know how to deal with that. 
you got to deal with it on the spot. How long did it take you to learn that? Well, I have a great acting coach. Who's that? Stephen Bridgewater. Stephen Bridgewater. You still see Stephen Bridgewater? Stephen Bridgewater is my man. Now, I, wow. I may call him and I may send him something. You don't need me. We're at that point now where he'll, you don't need me. You don't need Really? Me. Yeah. And Peacemaker was one of those ones. You don't need me. You don't need me for this. And you just do it on your own. And well, I've, I've learned. I've been with the guy for, you know, almost 25 years. What do you do to relax? What do you do to ha- get that confidence? Because well, you're, you're saying you're nervous at first. Well, part of the part of the way I get I get the confidence is is, is, is something that Stephen told me as well, which is you're always going to work. So let's eliminate that part. That you're always going to work. Wow. So that anxiety, move it. That fear, get wow. rid of it. You're good. You're no, you're gonna, good. You're good. You are good. You you are good. Yeah. And you and you, it took you probably some time to believe that. I'd never had anybody tell me that. Even after I'd done, you know, even after I'd done T2, I was still kind of, even after T2, and that's a hell of a fucking performance. Even more as oh I go further God. and further and further away from it, I go like, I didn't realize how I got into it. Such to the level I got into too. it. Yeah, and it's it's a and it's not just me. It's it's ILM, it's it's Stan Winston, it's all that. But that Love. character is a that's a hell of a thing. And you hadn't done achieved. much before that. I'd only done Roger Corman. Well, you did a Die Hard small part. I did right? a small part in Die Hard too. Rennie Harlan cast me on the spot. So as I was getting into Hollywood, I was I was learning as I was going, and I had no mentor. I had no one, no one really to plot or chart uh and uh, any career uh, no career advice i mean i had Jesus. i had my wife who loved me by that time and you're and, still with your wife oh i love my wife. you're one of the rare breeds man i love my wife you've well, been with her since what 90 98 and 1984 i met her right away i met her very soon after i got here she was my angel she was she was one she was one of them that said you're gonna make it you know and if you got wow. a couple people like that that Believe in you, and you're looking for some sort of an assurance. Yeah, because you don't know. You yeah, wonder, you think maybe I got a shot at this. Isn't that true? You got to have like that one person or a few people in your life throughout the years that goes keeps giving you the shot. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. I had a casting director who used to always just call me in and say, hey, we're going to get you something. You've got this. You've got this. And, you know, I, I, I wouldn't get a part. I wouldn't get a part. And then she, was, and she kept fighting for me. She always fought for me. She saw something in me that I didn't see. Yeah. And you, and you, you, uh, you're, you're aware, you, you know, in your head, you know, you, you just need that. I mean, yeah. you're, you're, you're thinking, and I don't know what you're religious at. I don't know where you are religiously. I have a deep, deep commitment to God. So I'm a, I'm a cat, you know, Anglo Catholic. Right. And, uh, so I have that relationship, but I'm also looking for, you know, I'm not, I, I shouldn't say I'm looking for it. It's just nice to get a external sort of. It's nice of like, to get a, hey man, you're going to be good. 
you're gonna be yeah. all right. Or somebody and you just, don't know. Yeah. You don't know how that'll do. Like you'll say that to somebody, and you don't think it's a big deal. I feel so much better right now. And then, and then, <laughs> and then, and then <laughs> I know I tend to get kind of deep. I'm trying no, not to be too. No, deep. this is why this is the but, show. I like this. This is real shit. Come but on. this is uh, this is where you're. You, you, people don't realize the impact they have, and just what a kind word can do for someone. Yeah, that person could be waiting to hang on to that that kindness that you gave them and it could lift them up to do things you'll never know. I mean, if, 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 if we all look back and see who, who gave us that, that kept us going when we were thinking about maybe it's over, you know, maybe. Who was it? Who was, who was the well, one? Well, my wife was one when I, when I got out here, she, 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 so she saw you at your lows too. Well, she saw me when I was a broke dick dude and, and she literally <laughs> got on stage with me when I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. And, and I fucking had a, you know, I, I was awful. What do you mean on stage? I got on stage and did a scene with her in front of a bunch of people on a showcase at Al's bar, and I sucked. You you don't forget that. Oh, you remember I, this like I, I could off. tell. I didn't even know what the fuck I was doing. And I swore to myself at that time, I went like, that will never happen again. So you almost thought, like, I'm going to quit acting? No, 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 no. I went, boy, you didn't know what you are getting into. You didn't really realize how much, you know. You weren't prepared? You, you, weren't, you were not prepared. You don't know how to prepare. You don't even know what the fuck you're doing. You can't just fucking wing it. Wow. You fucking idiot. So you were just going on natural talent. You go, I could just do this based on like, you know. Yeah. I, and I had I'm to just good enough. I, I don't even know if I was saying I was good enough. I was going like, I'm just going to fucking keep going until somebody says you can't do this anymore. <laughs> really? You know what I mean? Yeah. Was, was Cameron one of those guys when you're doing T2? Was he one of the guys who was like, hey, great job. Really great job. I love that. Like, was he was. He, he was always that guy. He was. Yes. Yes. He was, yeah, and 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 you know I don't want to gloss over the fact that uh, I really owe him a, I owed him my career. I mean, you know, James Cameron is really the guy that uh, saw all that bundle of insecurity and you know and all that stuff that I had going on and said, "You can fucking do this." Really, and he did say that. You know, when I I read the script and I came into him. It's a long, I'm not going to, we don't have enough time to get into the whole fucking T2 thing. And there's tons of times I've talked about it. But, you know, after I read the script, which took like five fucking hours, I walked in and I put the <laughs> thing down and then I, I can do this. And he, that's why you're here, Robert. That's what he said. That's why you're here. Yeah. And that, pretty, that, that was, was pretty it. amazing. And that was it. And I got the role. And that changed your life. Oh, yeah. Gave me my career. That one role. Gave me my career. Because you were broke. I had nothing. The money I'd made on Die Hard 2, I bought a barber and engagement ring. I was still living at the Hollywood wow. Tower at Franklin and Argyle. Are you serious? Yeah. Is that haunted, that place? No. <laughs> I thought it was haunted. It's haunted with <laughs> Your me, ghosts. My ghosts. Your ghosts. Wow. So that made you, and the door started opening. People started calling you, your agent. You had an agent at this point. I did. I did. I had an agent that got me T2. And, and, th and, then, and then like every person that gets a big movie and the other big agencies come circling around, I made a move. Right. And that was one of the biggest movies ever. And well, I made a well, I made a move to a bigger agency. Oh yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> That's what happens, and, isn't it? <laughs> and then I felt bad about that. And then, and then I was over my head. So it was. It's weird. I think about it now. I. I mean, 
There's a lot. I feel like I lost a lot of momentum t at, at t after T2 for a number of reasons. And I'm going to talk about this because I feel very comfortable talking Do about it. Uh, I'm an alcoholic. I'm not turning this into an age. No, a lot. You know, but I am an alcoholic. And I, had a, I was a big substance abuser and alcoholic prior to T2. And I got myself clean and sober for T2 because I knew that I could not do that film with the recreational activities that I had going on, nor was I going to be able to drink. I, was, I had to go and be a monk. I had to focus. I had to do the film. And when it's over, of course, I go back and hit it hard in a big way. Right. Because now I've accomplished something. And um, you'd think, if I may interject, that you'd think that after doing that and getting off the booze and having such success that you'd think, oh, well, look at what happened when I got off the booze. But that wasn't the mindset. Because it's an addiction. Not for this guy. No. Right. I wasn't mature enough to handle it, even though I was 30 years old. You know, I was 30 when that, 31 when that came out. Um, and uh, I rewarded myself by partying for like two years, you know, like three years, like four years right. until I finally realized, what am I doing? I'm, I've destroyed this great gift of momentum I've gotten. I've. You really destroyed it. You can tell you destroyed it. Oh, I feel so. I feel like I did. Like with what? I, I don't think I would put, I don't think I prepared myself for some of the opportunities I was presented and therefore didn't get the jobs. I think that, uh, had I had a little bit more of a mentorish relationship with someone that could have, because I shifted agents at the same, you know, I, I left my agent with some new agents and they didn't really know me and they didn't know how crazy yeah. and insecure I was. And they didn't know my story. And right. I think they just thought I, they could just, you know, and, and I didn't handle it well. I did not handle, I was not prepared for, I wasn't prepared for being famous all of a sudden. And Michael, I wasn't really, Famous, because no one knew who the fuck Robert Patrick was. I was the guy from T T two. I was the T one thousand. Did you hate that? No. Uh, it was it was a it was a terrifying thing though. I mean, to the point where I realized I'm not going to get another job either because if I look like like I like like I look like I look like now it's kind of like when I you know and that's the way I carry myself now. But at the time I decided. I need to gain some weight. I need to grow my hair long. I need to grow a beard. I need to get away from this guy if I'm ever going to get hired again. And it was a year and a half before I got hired again. And what was it? Uh, what was the first movie? Yeah. Fire in the Sky. Great movie. Thank you. But there was a lot movie. of psychosis to get to that. And even that one, I was hitting the bottle a little bit too But by heavy. the way, was it as close, as close as you came to maybe losing your wife when you were... Because being an alcoholic is probably not something fun to be around. Yeah... Barbara, Barbara, it's funny. My wife, she doesn't, she, even though I am an alcoholic and I know I am, she doesn't think I am. And I go, well, babe, you know, if you get drunk every day of the week, you're pretty much a fucking alcoholic. <laughs> yes. I mean, you know, yeah. you know, if there's a, if there's a reason, you know, if you're getting high every day of the week, I mean, you know. Might be a problem. And it's not hard being in Hollywood and going through Well, I, I, you know, Michael, when I got here, and I'm not going to throw any of my, my old, my old <laughs> under the, buds under the bus, but <laughs> that was what you did. You worked, yep. you made money, you went on a party hard. 
you went on unemployment and you partied to deal with whatever and you played golf or whatever you did to you waited for that next gig and then you worked hard on that gig and you yeah. did that gig and got that money and then you partied well usually they say you got to hit rock bottom before you change your ways did you hit rock bottom I don't think I hit rock bottom. I I was I was still relatively successful. Um, I'm I'm giving it to you from my perception. Like I think I blew my opportunity right after T two. What do you think could have happened? I just feel like if I was more prepared and uh, had a little bit more uh, confidence, going back to the confidence in my, I I still lacked my. I didn't have enough confidence in my uh, abilities as an actor. Even though I pulled that role off, I wasn't sure I could do everything. Right. And the lack of training I had uh, before I got into Hollywood was holding me back. And this is just me. Yeah. This is the fucking this head case. This is in your head. This is my head case. And you never went to therapy or anything. No. Because that's not how you were brought up. No. That you, that's you, a what stigma. You, crazy? That's, that's nuts. Your dad crazy? wouldn't do that. Your mom wouldn't do that. You're not doing that. I'm not crazy. <laughs> that's the mentality, right? That's the mentality to this day. If you can go back, you probably would see a therapist. Absolutely. Yeah. And I have. Right. And how but I come yeah. from that time period where, you know, you didn't, if you, if you had a problem, like my grandfather had a problem after all the wars, he just drank every night. Right. And my dad was the son of an alcoholic. And my mother, her father, he was an alcoholic. That's how you dealt with things. Well, that, that is how you dealt with things. And it's probably still how you deal with things today. When's the last time you had a drink? 26 years ago. You want to awesome. know how I quit, Michael? I'm going to give credit here. I, I hope I can do that. Please. I would like to lift people up instead of bringing them down. 100%. And I'm going to say, uh, I was working with Demi Moore. And I was doing striptease. Oh, yeah. And I played her drunken redneck husband. Probably the most true to casting I've ever had. Wow, I remember that too. I remember that. I was that. a piece of you were, yeah, you were tough. work. And uh, yeah, I liked Timmy and 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 Demi liked me. We got along really, really well. And um, um, she said to me at one point, she said, "You know, I feel like you have a real anger issue." On the set one day, and I said, "Really?" And she, she said, "Yeah." And then she and I thought about that. What the fuck does that mean? Like, I, I, I'm not angry at her or anything, but what is that? You know, and I was drinking about two to three bottles of wine a night on that movie. That's a wow. lot. Of, that's a lot of wine. That's a lot. And I wasn't even leaving my hotel. I was in there by myself. Anyway. Was it affecting your work? I don't think so, because I thought it was pretty part? good in that movie. <laughs> yeah, you were. <laughs> it helped me in that movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you couldn't forget what she was saying. What yeah, she said. I mean, I, I just, it was one of those things. And I thought, well, I mean, it was it was constructive. I feel like you're dealing with, you know, I, I don't know what made that happen. But she had a psychic that came on the set and uh, a, a gal that does a reading. And, and she, you know, uh, um, me and the gal went to my trailer and we did this reading. And this gal said, I see alcohol all around you. It was like the first thing she said. And I listened to that and I thought about it. And she was telling me about my, 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 my grandparents, my ancestors and all that kind of stuff. And I started to go like, I think I have a fucking problem. And that was pretty much my bottom. Uh, that and when I told my wife I wanted to have kids. And she said, are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> you want to have kids? You think I'm going to have kids with you? Why don't you try to get off the recreational drugs for a year or two so I don't have any 
Yeah. Any problems? Having a kid. Yeah. We'll take it from there. And how old are your kids now? My daughter's 25. So it was right after. So let me tell you something, Michael. When you can look your, your kids in the eye and say, I literally got sober to conceive you, to have you. That's how much wow. thought and planning went into you. That's pretty powerful. That is intensely powerful. And both of them know it. My son, who's 21, is a song and dance man. He's at Boston Conservatory, Berkeley School of Music. My daughter, Austin Patrick, is a college graduate, a, a newly minted actress. She's getting wow. out there. She's done a few things. She's done a few little movies. Austin Patrick, for any of you listening, she's she's in Hollywood auditioning. Are you helping uh, her out at all? She got her SAG card in a movie I produced. Really? Yeah, while she was in college. Uh, she went to Bennington, and she graduated mm -hmm. with a, a degree in liberal arts and uh, studied film and and uh, literature and and all that while she was there. And so and she wants to uh, she wants to pursue it. She's born and raised here. I never. My kids always did schools. Uh, do you have children? No. Look, look at where I live. Look at the movie posters. Do you think I have children? Look, I'm a your, child. Your house is. I think your house is very cool. Thanks. And I, I, I know that. I rushed right in here to do this. I can't, I had no book business, I, you know, just jump. Let's, I loved let's it. I love that you just jumped in. So uh, uh, it's fantastic. I love it. You got to come out to my dealership and see my dealership. You have a, a car dealership? I own a Harley Davidson dealership. Are you serious? Yeah. Where? Santa, Santa Clarita, California. It's not far. You need to come on out. It's movie posters. It's all my memorabilia, T2 Arcade. It's sort of a, my guys kind of go like, yeah, we know who owns this place. Oh, I got to go there for it's, sure. Uh, it's, uh, it's, I love Harley Davidson. Harley Davidson saved my life, man. I mean, it's, it's why is that? Uh, literally, I, I, uh, well, well just, go ahead. Too, in, too in brief, in I brief. Oh, I got stung. Had Harley I got stung by a bee riding a Harley Davidson. I pulled over on the side of the road because I felt like I was having a heart attack and I didn't realize I was having an anaphylactic reaction to this oh, beast. Oh, shit. I, Turned off the bike. I was straddling the bike. I passed out, went into an anaphylactic, uh, I think they Shock call it a fever. Whatever. Fever, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So I went unconscious on the bike, straddling it with the kickstand down. But the bike, I had shut it off. But the bike and the pipe was so hot. It woke you up. It burned it you. It burned my leg. They say my adrenal gland reacted as a result. It was like getting an EpiPen. Kicked me back up to life. I pulled myself away from the bike. It was on Mulholland Highway right across from Calabasas High School. And I passed out in the in the in the bushes under the trees. I can show you the spot pretty much there. <laughs> it's, right, it's right where I grew up, actually. So so you wow. know, right across the street, <laughs> right across under those trees, right. and I'm under there right at that. Anyway, and I pass out again and I wake up and uh, I've pissed myself. Sure. I'm soaking wet. I have shit and leaves all over me. So obviously I've been flopping around like trying to, I fought it. And uh, I rode home and went and saw my doctor the next day. And he said, well, apparently you had a, a allergic reaction to this piece thing. It was on the side of your head and you went into an anaphylactic shock. And let me see that burn and you're lucky to be alive. Wow. But Michael, as I said before, uh, I, I am uh, a Christian and, have a deep relationship with God. Always? And, since you were young? Well, since I was a kid. Right. And 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 seriously, uh that has that has if you have that in your life, 
you've already you, you've been given a, a step up the ladder, I think. Right. If you have a, a grounding in, in so you uh, pray, you go to church. I pray first thing in the morning. First thing in the morning, I roll off the bed. I hit my my knees, hit the pillow on the floor, and I pray for, I pray for the fact that I woke up. You do. I you start do that. There. gratitudes. I do. I start with I woke up and then list my gratitudes every morning, every fucking morning. It's your routine. It's my routine. Does your wife? Does Barbara do that? No, she doesn't. She religious. She has her own thing. She has her own thing. She has her own thing. She goes to church with me. She believes in God. Wow. But I, you know, I don't push my religion on anyone. I don't. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not even trying to push it on you. No. I'm just trying to relate how I get through life. Yeah. And I think that's what this I'm not religious, but I believe in God. I, be, I believe what this uh, podcast is about, right? And uh, you know, it's how we cope and how we deal with the world. Yeah. Uh, I'm just as crazy as anybody, but you know, I I, I do think that. Uh, I think that uh, I think that having a deep foundation and belief in something is 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 a leg up. Yeah, having faith in something is is important. It's very much vital, so. even if it's just gravity. Yeah, as my brother <laughs> as my brother Richard likes to say, gravity, gravity. I have faith in gravity. Okay. <laughs> Do you think? Are you someone who has to keep busy all the time, or you'll go crazy? Do you have to always be working? Well, I I think it gives me a, a real strong sense of purpose, and I need it. Uh, I need to have something in front of me. Um, my discipline has kind of been changing over the years. Like I like walking my dog now uh, more than I like running. I like, <laughs> I, don't blame uh, you. I like stretching and doing yoga now more than I do doing weights weights. Yeah. Uh, I still have to kind of stay strong and it seems somewhat dangerous for most of the roles I play. Right. But I'm never going to look like John Cena. <laughs> you know? Who can look like John Cena? John Cena. John Cena. He's the only one. He's fucking amazing. He's guy. he's a machine. Your relationship well, is so awesome in that. It's well, so you know, ridiculous. I, You know what? It's so great. Don't we have great, great chemistry? Great chemistry. You know, James didn't even know that. James Gunn didn't even know that when we got cast. Really? No. You ask him. He, he said to me, I see you. He saw me in HBO Peacemaker, or HBO uh, Perry Mason. Right. And he started thinking about me over the pandemic. You know, he was watching Perry Mason. He thought about me for this role. Of, and he started writing the role for me for Peacemaker. That was the impetus for him. And when we had our Zoom meeting, we had a Zoom meeting. That's how, that's how, that's how that went down. He said, uh, I said, you know, I've worked with John. And he said, I didn't know that. I said, oh, yeah, I played a villain opposite him in his first film. Wow. And he went, really? And I said, and, and I said, I said, as a matter of fact, we have good chemistry because we actually get along. This is before you started filming. This, yeah, I hadn't seen John in like 10 years. Uh, I worked with him on Psych was another episode. We did a, we did a thing on you Psych. You did Psych? I did Psych. I did, I think, two episodes. Was Dulé and uh, yeah, James, yeah. they've been on here a couple times. I hope, I, I think they like me. I, great I, guy. They, they well, had me on. I, I don't really know. Uh, I'm sure they did. I, I, I had great fun working with them. Um, uh, but, uh, uh, John and I, uh, I think, uh, he, I brought my son to see him wrestle a couple times. I'd love and to see John, that. uh, John was super cool with my son. My son, maybe, you know, he's 21 now, maybe 10 years ago, he was 10. My son was like going to wrestling Academy with Luke Perry's son out here in the Valley, Rick Drazen's uh, school. And, uh, and John did this thing. I think it was in Arizona, Summer Slam or something or something or other. He knew where we were, where we were sitting. We were sitting right close to him. He had arranged it. 
And he came into the ring with all that, you know, that stuff Energy, that he duffed, you know, yeah. and, he, and he slid across the ring, came through the ropes and leaned over and took his hat off and plopped it on my son's head and then went back up on stage and started wrestling. It was like the wow. coolest fucking intro I've ever that seen in my remarkable. life. That is remarkable. And my son was just like, you know, he'd been touched by Thor. I mean, you know, yeah. it was like, you know, it was like, it was an amazing thing. That's amazing. What I a sweetheart. It. So uh, we have a great, we have a great relationship. That's great. I hope John says the same thing because I think we do. I think we have a really good uh, 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 chemistry and I think it works really well. Yeah, I think it's wonderful. Do you feel like people at some point, do you ever feel like they're intimidated by you? That that you're like, uh, why are they intimidated by me? I mean, I'm a loving, fun guy. Do you ever feel that? Have you ever been told that? Yes. Really? By who? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, that's kind of really hard to. I mean, I can, I can turn it on and turn it off. You know, I mean, you can I, be intense. If, you don't, if you're not sure about someone, if you don't trust them, maybe you're not as open. You're not as yeah loose. Yeah, yeah. I feel comfortable talking to you. Right. Uh, I know I'm aware of you enough to know that I can talk to you. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, we 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 we're cool. Yeah. Uh, I I don't always. Um, I'm not always willing to uh, let every you know everybody in. Yeah, I'm not always that. Do you feel like you ever challenge someone or challenge a new director to see what they know if they know what they're doing? I can be kind of grumpy you sometimes can. with newer directors that don't uh, seem to have an appreciation for. 40 years of work that I've done that they don't think I'm aware of what, what's going on with my fucking craft that I can do what I can do. Right. Let me tell you something about James Gunn. If I'm please. Here. Cause I love the guy. Yeah. First day I worked with him. It's me and John. we got two scenes in the kitchen, big scenes. I'm prepared. John's prepared. There is no question. It's just this. All right, let's shoot the rehearsal. We shot the rehearsal. Now, that's the kind of fucking director I like. Uh, that is awesome because I hate rehearsing and rehearsing. And then, I mean, I'll do it. I'll do rehearsals. But there's nothing like being loose and ready to go and they're rolling cameras and you're, you know. And even if you're nervous and dealing with whatever you're dealing Work with, that energy's great. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't know if, I mean, that's the way James worked with me. The first thing I ever did with him was shoot the rehearsal. Wow. So I was like, fuck yeah. Cause I love Clint. That I, was the I, first impression you got. From oh him. yeah. This guy's great. This is going to be, this guy's <laughs> the fantasy. I mean, this hallelujah. I didn't know that was coming. Right. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I've worked with Clint Eastwood twice. He's that way. Billy Bob Thornton is another guy I've collaborated with. He's that way. Yeah. There's just something about it because it's a respect of I'm prepared. I'm prepared. And this is not only my time, but it's your time. Yeah. And you we got to go. And yeah. you've hired me and I get it. I've also endured. I don't really know if I feel comfortable. I've, I've also been around and been on sets where great big name actors have deliberately sabotage the shooting schedule either uh, in, inadvertently or, or, or purposely. I, 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 you know, but they have de definitely taken steps to slow down production because of their own vanity and mm. uh, process. Right. And, and that much, probably... and that's much with some of the older actors that come from that period of, I don't want to give up 
real estate to a certain individual and I don't, I want to dominate this character and it's the character and it's not me. It's this. And I don't like this blocking. And it's all that kind of shit. You go like, Oh boy. And you kind of have to suck it up and just go. I I don't think there's time for that now in this day and age. I mean, you work all the time now. I think people hire you, they come in and they expect you to do your job. Yeah. I mean, when I work with Clint Eastwood uh, on uh, uh, flags of our fathers, he I loved me. Clint. I worked with Clint. He's a great. What did you do? I did this movie called Midnight in the Garden, Good and Evil. I had one big scene in the That's courtroom. That's great. Yeah, I loved him. He was like, the, that was a great like, movie. He was the best director in terms of just like, he would just do your thing, shoot it, and then he'd go, that was great. Just uh, this take, just acknowledge the jury. That's all I need you to do. I go, do you have anything else? He goes, no, how did you feel? I go, I felt great. He goes, all right, you want another one? He just, and he and he wouldn't even say action. Remember, yeah. he would just say he just go Jack to Jack Green as DP, and he yeah. just do that rolling oh, yeah. motion. Oh yeah, oh I loved I loved Clint. He was it was such a great. That was my first real movie. My first was my, with him. Well, well I, I got to tell you, I got to go back and watch that. And and I, I loved your impersonation of him too, by the way. <laughs> and and that's exactly the scenario. Yeah. I did a, a um, Neil McDonough and I did a big, love Neil. He was on here. Oh, was he? Yeah, I love Neil. Love I lo- Neil. I, I love his uh, love of Catholicism. As yeah. Well. Oh yeah. And he's and got family. a beautiful family. He's oh yeah. A wonderful, wonderful guy. Um, we were doing the outline, uh, 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 the uh, parameters of the invasion of Iwo Jima on this uh, on the USS Merchant Marine ship that's down there in the Long Beach. I can't remember the name of the fucking boat. Anyway. And they literally took it out and sailed it around to Catalina. We were out in the Pacific Ocean, sailing around a boat with a bunch of extras. And it was a lot of dialogue. And I had just done a lot of dialogue for David Mamet the day before on my TV show, The Unit. So I was like double duty with two monologues. And I was a little concerned that, fuck, man. Can you do this? Well, some of the other stuff was bleeding into some of the other stuff. And I was starting to get confused because there were some numbers and there was some, uh, you know what I mean? Right. Are you an actor? Yeah. What is your job? What the he fuck? He is an is engineer. He he's here. a comedian. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. What are you doing, Ryan? So uh, we are we are uh, we're out there doing that thing, and we're doing the scene, and uh, this, and, and and he literally had the cameras back, and I'm rehearsing like crazy. I got a blackboard uh, where they we're going to shoot the scene, and I'm kind of like referencing, and I'm kind of running the lines, and kind of, and there's you know there's all these extras and reason. Fuck, dude. I had a real, that was probably the most anxious I've ever been. But I bet you he relaxed you. Well, I was doing it, you know, the Alexander techniques and breathing and, you know, breathe with your asshole. And, you know, you got to kind of breathe through your feet and you got to squeeze your butt cheeks. I'm doing it now. You got to think of all, you got to do all that shit. You really do. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And you're sucking it in and you're kind of going, oh, and it's exhausting. You're exhausted by the end of those days. Yeah. When you're nervous or when you're going through all that stuff, the exhaustion just piles up. Piles on. Oh, man, it's the worst. Piles on. And you, and these young actors like uh, Paul Walker and all these guys are looking at you like, yeah, these guys are the fucking vets, man. They know what the fuck they're doing. You know? <laughs> and you're like, yeah, yeah well. <laughs> and I, I did go up the second take. But anyway, the first take the first take we got through was flawless, and they applauded. And it was two cameras far back. And then Clint moved him up and then he did come up to him and finally now he's he's walking i've never really met him and he he says to me and neil he goes yeah i've never really been able to do those monologues like that i really admire you guys for wow that's that's not easy you did a nice job it was it was that kind of thing awesome it was really really cool it it, it was self-deprecating and i admire you for that and then 
a quick joke, and I know I'm taking a lot of time. No, we're almost done. I'm going to ask you these other questions, and we're done. Quick joke about, not joke, but quick funny story about Clint. Yeah. Second film I did with him, Trouble with the Curve, he's an actor. Uh, I'm his boss. I only I'm the general manager of the Land Braves. He's one of my he's one of my scouts. Wow. Matthew Lillard is a new scout who's all about tech. Gus is old school. It's all about gut. Right? Amy Adams, John Goodman, Matthew Lillard, Clint Eastwood, seen in a conference room, trouble with the curve. I'm doing dialogue, and I have a bit of dialogue where I say in a slight Georgian accent. Well, how about you, Gus? You want an extension on your contract? Now, whatever I said or however I said it, it was funny to him. And it's, I'm pretty sure that was the line that he just gave. <laughs> and it was funny to him. And it got to be every time I did that line, you want an extension on your contract? He would laugh? He would laugh. And he had a big monologue. And I watched him work with the script girl. Like run the line, and he never right. got it the same way twice. But right. he got it, but he never got it the same way twice. Right. But it was good enough. Good enough. Yeah. So the camera's coming around on me, and everybody's got a little part to play in this thing, and everybody's got a little thing, and I got my thing, and now they're doing my coverage. And he is now, and I don't know if it's from relief of doing the monologue, and he's the pressure's off him, right? He starts laughing and giggling. The, the, the giggles we don't want to have that we get sometimes. Oh, yeah, can't just, stop them. You can't stop them. Yeah. And he can't stop. Is it making you laugh? It's Well, dude, it's Clint, Clint Eastwood. fucking Eastwood, yeah. bro. <laughs> and you're sitting here looking at him going like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> now I'm getting pissed. Yeah. Because my fucking coverage. And it's... And I'm going like, and now I'm preoccupied with if he's going to start giggling off camera. Now that's what you're thinking about. You're not even thinking of and your so lines. And so now I literally have to say to him, and he's not the director, are you going to fuck? You can't do that shit on my close-up for fuck's sake. Seriously. You got to, I mean, are you, it's coming around. I mean, and I'm laughing too, but right, I'm right, like, right. this is crazy. What did he say? He's giggling. He can't help it. I'm he's, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> He wasn't even saying. It's and not his, your. It's my fault. My fault. Michael, I swear to you, I'm not making this up. He's 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 giggling so bad. He's his 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 eyes are watering. He's crying, and his guys are looking at me, and they're going, "It's kind of a big deal." And his guys are looking at me, going, "Like, I haven't seen him lose it like that in 25 years." Wow. Ask Lillard. You that have, is. I will ask Lillard. Ask Lillard. He'll tell you. He'll tell you. I love it. That. Was funny as, it that was is, funny as hell. You'll never forget that. Never forget that. And I and I love working with Clint. And uh, I hope I get to work with him again. Yeah. And, uh, and, and if he hears this, I love him. I think he's a great guy. He's great. He's uh, He always had lunch with me. And I and me being all the other actors that were all, we were there working that day. And oh, that's, that's Bruce Good. Springsteen. <laughs> My theme song. Always remember, oh, I like retreat, that. baby, no. 
Surrender. Ooh, that's a good song. Thank you very much. Hey, this is it. Shit talking with Robert Patrick. I love shit this. shit talking with Robert. These Patrick. are my patrons. These Am are I the loud people. in these cans? No, man? you're awesome. You sound great. Rudy, uh, we, we would tell you. Okay, Ryan, Ryan, not Ru- Ru- Rudy. Rudy, that's your new nickname. Rudy. Hashtag Rudy. Hashtag Rudy. Ryan. I don't know where I got that. <laughs> Rudy. Hey, oh, talk about intimidating. He's, Look, he's giving me this stink eye. I got, like, no, I got a lot of connections to the name Rudy, but that's, a, that, that's Ryan, probably Ryan, I apologize. From. That's all right. My, my nephew's <laughs> name is Ryan. I don't know where Rudy is. My, my grandfather's Rudy. I got my best friend named Rudy. And, and a I, great I, movie, Rudy. I was a, I was a tiny right, football player, too. <laughs> this, is right, this is it. Shit talking Shit talking Robert Patrick. These are my patrons. They give back to the uh, podcast a lot. I love you guys. You uh, become what a patron. What does this smell like? Patreon.com slash inside of you. Love you. Patreon. These are. I've been talking about alcohol all day (laughs) this is rapid fire so you're going to answer them fast all right regret this go steph a between working with james cameron and james gunn which one did you have more fun working with james gunn just like that leanne you've played so many iconic roles over the years which one do you identify with the most it's rapid but you don't you can take your time on some questions Max Kennard, Gangster Squad. Really? That's the one character? I like how focused you are for Rapid Fire. No I'm looking a- at uh, Linda Blair from The Exorcist. I'm sorry this is Rapid Fire, but dude. I got some shit. I got a long house. fucking career. <laughs> no, scratch that. Max Kennard is not right. John Doggett, X-Files. Really? Yeah, that's the character I love the most. Oh, that's a great character. Yeah, I love John Doggett. Claudine, what was it like coming in? She's not even Australian. What is it like coming into such a popular show like The X-Files in the eighth season? Was it hard to find your place in the show? No. Why? Because. Because why? Chris Carter wrote such a great role. (laughs) Raj, what was your way into the... What was your way into the role of Augie Smith in Peacemaker? Any interesting research you had to do to prepare? Yes. What'd you do? I just listened to the news. You just listened to the news? Correct. Okay. (laughs) I love this. Danny. (laughs) I love you, Michael. I want to do another one of these. You have to. This is a blast. Danny, when Robert pops up in Wayne's World, I remember the whole movie theater just screaming. Was he proud to have created a character so iconic that T1 would be instantly recognized even in a different genre? That was part of how I started to realize that it was uh, such an iconic role. That was when it started to dawn on me. When uh, Michael, what's his name that uh, does Saturday Night Live? Myers. No, uh, yeah, no, Mike no, Myers. Uh, no, the guy, the producer. Lauren. Mike- oh, Lauren Michaels. Lauren Michaels. Guy. Yeah. <laughs> when he insisted to Mike Myers that I play the cop, and Mike Myers was resistant and didn't want me to play the cop, but when Lauren Michaels insisted and had me play the cop, and it got such a big laugh, probably the biggest laugh in the movie. And, as, and I'm sitting next to Penelope Ferris in the Chinese Man Theater, and we're both kind of like, and she goes, she leans over and goes, I think you got the biggest laugh in the film. How about that, huh? Pretty good. Pretty damn good. Ben J, everybody loves Copland. What are your memories from working with the superb ensemble cast and director James Mangold? You remember the story I was telling you about the actors? Yeah, which one? Uh, Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm? Not easy. James Mangold is one of the most talented directors, oh. writers in the business. And I think about this, uh, 
incredible filmmaker. Yeah. He cast you again, didn't he? In yes, Walk, walk the, the Line. line. I right. love James. Yeah. I can't wait to work with him again because he's another one. He's a, Jim. you know, he's a, he's a, uh, Mango likes to rehearse a little bit more, but he's kind of, he's such a, I love Mango. What was it like working with Joaquin Phoenix, by the way? I love Joaquin. Was he very? Uh, he's one of the sweetest guys in the world. Really? One of the sweetest men I've ever been around. Love him dearly. Seriously. I love, I love, love that. that guy. Last question. Yes, sir. Jennifer R., what is it like being a part or face of CGI history between T-1000 and Jurassic Park? The 90s were amazing. Well, I'm very proud to be the first motion capture actor in the history of film. You are. I know. I didn't realize that until Steve Spaz Williams. There's a documentary out right now. Yes. Let's plug it. It's called Spaz. Isn't he the one that really created all the stuff? He the, is. The visual, and then he like lost his career for a while. And then Check the documentary. Yeah, it's Have called Have him Spaz. on the show. Do you know him? Yes. What a great. He, was, he reminded me. He said, Robert. You're the first motion capture actor in the history of film. When we were doing his documentary about him, you're the first guy. Wow. It was my idea to paint the grid on you. Remember before they used to, when they did the film, when Edison was doing the films of, they wanted to see if a horse ever left the earth and they painted the squares on the grid and they had the horse running in mm -hmm. front of the grid. Yep. Well, Steve very sensibly said, I'm going to put the grid on him and then film him. And that'll be the three dimension I need to fit into the computer. Wow. He uh, thought you, about that. He uh, was the one who thought about it. I mean, dude. You, Brilliant. One of those guys that you're around and you just look at and go like, my God. Like, what do you talk about with a guy so like that? so smart. You talk to him what you talk to me about. Yeah. I will. This has been a real joy. You're a great guy. I yeah. look forward to working with you. Let's yeah. act. Well, let's do it. Let's, let's do, do something. Well, get me in the Peacemaker. I already told James I want to be in the Peacemaker. James Gunn, if you listen to Michael, <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, he'd be fantastic. <laughs> yes, sir. James, you hear that? I would love to see him. I'd love to have him up there and work with us. Uh, hopefully, I get to work because I am dead. Uh, for those of you well, that haven't watched you're the dead, but there's the ghost. Uh, well, that's true. There's things that are and, happening. And to be honest with you, I'm looking more. I, 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 you know, you're talking about the fun. I think that the, this could be the funniest fucking stuff ever with the dad as the ghost. I love. I mean, it. in my own mind, I'm trying to think of the scenarios James is going to come up with. Oh, man. And there's a lot he could do. Oh yeah, it's unlimited. Yeah, because I'm a fucking ghost. I'm a fucking ghost, dude. I love it. <laughs> you are a ghost. Hey, thank you. I'm going to see you at the wedding. Yes, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. However, let's put out a little caveat. Yeah. Schedule permitting. Schedule permitting. Like if I got a job, if I'm doing well, something. You got to take a job. job. All right. I, I love Listen, this. This is great. For all of you people that live in the Southern California area, uh, this Saturday, is Cinco, when does this air? Uh, I don't know yet. Cinco de Mayo is this weekend, and out at Harley <laughs> Davidson of Santa Clarita, we're going to have tacos and free soft drinks. Yeah, tacos. head out to his Harley. Uh, Harley Davidson of Santa Clarita. We've got... Harley Davidson's and tacos. If you're going to buy Harley Davidson, you got to go to Robert Patrick. For the best. I love it. The Harley Davidson experience in Southern California. <laughs> That's Harley Davidson of Santa Clarita. Where can people follow you on Twitter? Follow me at Robert Patrick T2. And what about Instagram? Rip Fighter. One word. <laughs> Rip, Rip Fighter. Fighter. All right. We're going to hang out. I like this guy. All right. Me he's, too. He's a blast. All, All right. Thanks for coming. Bye. Bye. That was really enjoyable. He was yeah. uh, he kind of speaks his mind, let's just say. He does. He does. Um, and I really appreciate that. Blanche, come on. Hey, come on. Come on. Out.
Good girl. Blanche is still with us. She's been hanging out. <laughs> she just can't get enough. She probably has to go pee, but uh, that can wait. Uh, he was a great guest. I really appreciate having on you on the show, Patrick. Thanks for coming on. Um, don't forget to tune in to Talkville every Wednesday, and um, that's the new rewatch podcast. And I think you guys are going to really like it. The first episode, a lot of people wrote in and really appreciated it and loved it. And uh, the fans are calling in, and it's just a, it's a collaborative effort, and I'm having <laughs> a lot of fun. So there's that. Uh, also, go to patreon.com slash inside of you to become a patron. Top tiers get all sorts of perks, but you could just uh, support the podcast by going to patreon.com slash inside of you. Uh, go to the inside of you online store if you want some cool merch and Smallville uh, autograph stuff. I'll be in Raleigh July 29th through the 31st uh, signing autographs, doing a Smallville Nights with Tom Welling, and I'll be in Boston um, for a con August 12th. That is about it. Um, Ryan, got anything else? Uh, no, just um, yeah, kind of surprised that I missed a uh, <laughs> miss COVID. COVID. Jesus, God, I'm glad you did. I mean, it feels I'm... like we haven't been recording for a lot. I don't think we've recorded much. I, I got to get back in the groove of things because well, there's I been a lot of vacations, a lot of vacations, a lot of you taking vacations, me yep. taking a vacation, and now we're back. Hopefully, we'll put some in the can and uh, got some great guests coming up. So please stay tuned. If you came for Robert Patrick. Uh, stick around for other ones. Please subscribe and um, follow us on all our handles. At Inside of You Pod on Twitter, at Inside of You Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And now let's read the top tier patrons. Let's We're going to do this. These are the people that give back the most um, for Inside of You. And I don't know what I would do without you. I seriously do not know what I would do. I'd probably move. Let's be frank. Nancy D, Leah S, Sarah V, Little Lisa, Yukiko, Jill E, Brian H, Nico P, Robert B, Jason W, Kristen K, Raj C, Joshua D, CJP, Jennifer N, Stacy L, Jamal F, Janelle B, Kimberly R, E, correct, Mike E, Eldon Supremo, 99 More, Ramiro, Santiago M, Chad W, Leanne P, Janine R, Maya P, Maddie S, Belinda N, correct, Chris H, Dave H, Sheila G, Brad D, Ray uh h correct tap of the t tom and suzanne b liliana a talia m betsy d chad l marion meg k dan n big stevie w angel m rhiannon c Corey k dev nexon michelle a jeremy c andy t gav and nature david r c c john b brandy d yavor camille s the c joey m david h design otg eugene n uh, Leah. Correct. Chris P, Nikki G, Corey, Katie B, Nicole, Patricia, Heather L, Jake B, James B, Megan T, Mel S, Orlando at Orlando C, Caroline R, Rob E, Paul C, Christine S, Sarah S, Eric H, Jennifer R, Shane R, MR, MR, mm. MR, not MR, it's mm. MR. Mm-hmm. Come on, Rosenbaum. Mm-hmm. Mark M, Jeremy V, Andrew M, Robert G, Zatoichi, 77. Cool. Andreas N, Alexandra, Chris R, Michael F, Samantha W, and Michelle D. Thank you, guys. I couldn't do it without you. Um, those are the top tier patrons, Ryan. Uh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> There's some new ones. There's some new ones. Uh-huh. We will be back next week, and we hope you join us and continue the love and support of this podcast. I know it helps a lot of people. It also helps me. So thank you. And uh, for myself, Michael Rosemont in the Hollywood Hills of California. Bob Ryan Tejas. Little wave to the camera. 
Uh, we love you. Be sure to be good to yourselves, guys. That's the most important thing. Be good to yourselves. Have a great week or weekend or whatever you're doing, and uh, be safe. We'll see you. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Should we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was the three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.